Hey everybody, Dr. Michael Bruce, the sleep doctor here. I am excited. Not only do I get to interview a personal friend of mine, but somebody who has helped me tremendously throughout the years with my memory, with my reading, with my cognition, something that's so important to all of us out there. Yep, you guessed it. He's the guy. He's the one you've all been hearing about and you've known him before because I've talked about him before. It's my dear friend, Jim Quick. Jim, welcome to the show. Michael, congratulations on the show, and uh, thank you for everyone who's listening and tuning in. Absolutely. Thanks for the recognition. Buddy, I am so excited to have you on. This is awesome. So I'm going to launch right into it because I know people out there are curious about you and your sleep. Now, I know that historically um, we've had you on the show before, or not the podcast, but my audience certainly knows you. Would you mind giving us just a little bit of a background about what sleep has been like for you, maybe back in your younger years when things were not so easy? So when people see me do these demonstrations online um, or on live audiences, right. right, 50 or 100 people's names or numbers <laughs> or words, um, you know, very few people know that I've had uh, sleep issues almost my entire life. And you know that because that's how we met because you've helped me so much. And um, maybe part of it stems from... Uh, three traumatic brain injuries I had before the age of 12. Um, also, because I had learning challenges, I was labeled slow. Um, I had to work so much harder than everybody else, so I would get in this very bad habit routine of pulling all-nighters because mm. in order to keep up, uh, you know, to be able to get less results than everybody else. Certainly, even uh, in high school and college, I was pulling all these all-nighters, so that didn't set me up for a really great uh, sleep success. No, um, I'm sure schedule, you know, but after 30 years of teaching, accelerated learning, memory, speed reading, um, you know, being on planes and living, you know, it's really bad. You, you wake up in a hotel room and you don't, and you're a memory expert. You don't remember what city you're in <laughs> in three continents over the course of one week. And so the jet lag time zones, change of environment, um, it all affected my sleep. And, you know, when we had met, I was sleeping, what was it, like 90 minutes a night? If that, yeah, you were about at 90 minutes a night. That's right, folks. An hour and a half is the amount that he was sleeping in a 24-hour period. I was total sleep, so I was very broken up. I, um, you know, it was, it was life and death. So I, mm -hmm. I literally say you, you, are, you are a literal lifesaver for me. And um, it got progressively worse as I got older. Um, hmm. A lot of conditions uh, do. Um, when I got the sleep study with you, it was the first time I was accurately diagnosed with sleep apnea. And so part of it was just not knowing. And if you right. don't know something, you can't treat it. Um, you also perform sleep studies on um, you know, my family. And I found out my parents have sleep apnea and so did my siblings. So part of it was physiological. And then it was exasperated through my lifestyle. I feel a moral responsibility to teach what I teach because I don't want people to struggle and suffer the way I did with focus and reading and memory and so on. So I'm always, uh, you know, doing podcasts and traveling, speaking and doing corporate training and doing online student programs. So, you know, I, I work very hard. And so that actually made it even more difficult to get to a routine and um, had it undo stress also as well. And so um, it's, been a, it's been a challenge for sure. I would um, stop breathing about 214 times a night. Each time was like a 10 second episode. 
And I know when you and I went to, you know, uh, you know, UCLA, we're talking to the head of throat and these different, um, you know, uh, medical doctors, they were saying, it's, hey, it's like somebody coming in and putting a pillow over your head 200 times and wonder why you're not sleeping. Imagine the level of anxiety. And so, um, and, and it's really bad also with what I do is so cognitive and I'm brain performance when, when I'm losing focus, when, when, I, when, I, when I forget something I normally wouldn't, um, when I'm not thinking clearer. Um, and so all that started to come into play. And that was my livelihood, which is the livelihood of everybody right now, right? It's just absolutely cover and, and repair and restore on the most important thing you know, that controls everything, which is, which is the human mind. I couldn't agree with you more. That was a great synopsis, kind of bringing people kind of through your through your whole spectrum. And it was interesting to me because you know because you said you you had such difficulty in school as a young man, you were pulling all nighters and pulling all nighters, right? And so the data is very interesting on that. Is that it doesn't work very well, (laughs) you know, from a memory perspective. I've heard you on stage many times talking about the the importance of sleep and at least getting you know maybe four to six hours of sleep. If you if you can't get a full night's sleep, get Getting partial sleep seems to be helpful for some people, you know, as well. Now, you also mentioned jet lag, which is a big lifestyle thing um, that I know has been big for you because you've been speaking all over the world and things like that. Um, But now with COVID, the good news is, is that we're home. Um, and we're not having to deal with things like jet lag and, and things of that nature. And you also mentioned sleep apnea, which is something that I, I'll be very honest with you. I would imagine that almost nobody in the universe would have ever thought that you would have had sleep apnea. I mean, let's be fair. For many people who have sleep apnea, it's a bigger person's disease. And let's be honest, you and I, we're about the same size, <laughs> you know, like we're not big guys. And so looking at somebody like like you, it would be... Um, it, it wouldn't be something that we would expect right out of the gates as a sleep specialist. And so I'd love for you to maybe, uh, if you wouldn't mind opening or unpacking that process of the surgical intervention and sort of how that went, because you you actually had a surgery with one of the top apnea surgeons in the world. Yeah. Um, through when we connected, we also met with um, Larry King, who made a, a wonderful introduction because I was losing my voice. Um, and uh, part of it was so taxing. I wasn't getting the, the rejuvenated uh, benefits of sleep, you know, in terms of repairing my body and going on, doing all these interviews, traveling, and it's my livelihood is my voice. And so he introduced me uh, to a great expert in uh, Beverly Hills, which uh, a doctor treating his voice. And through the, we, you and I connected with um, some amazing experts, you know. And yep. the- Remember A.B. Michelson, uh, your surgeon? He is an incredible guy. So one of the things that Jim got an, an uh, opportunity to experience was a new kind of surgery. Do you mind if I tell him just a little bit about it? Oh, please. So usually when we would do surgeries in people with sleep apnea, um, what would happen is the surgeon would go in and just basically carve out all of the tissue in the back of the throat. Very painful process, not a lot of fun um, and and no real efficacy, right? It was like, we're going to hope for the best. We're just going to pull a bunch of tissue and hope for the best. What AB does, which is very different, is he takes a camera and he puts it up your nose and down your throat. To be clear, you're asleep. <laughs> he puts some anesthetic in you. And then he waits to see exactly where the apnea occurs inside your throat. And then he uses it as a target picker to be able to really laser focus in and get to those areas. And so I know you had this surgical uh, procedure performed. I mean, that's not a big surprise to anybody. I know it was a tough recovery too, by the way. That's not something easy for people to recover from. But what were the results? What, uh, what ended up happening you know, three, six months later? Hey, um. They did the, uh, uh, an amazing procedure um, with, with, with your guidance and your counsel. And 
it was uh, this U triple P where they revolved, they removed my uvula, soft palate, uh, my, my tonsils. The recovery was something pretty fierce. I'm not yeah. gonna rely on that. Um, it's a you know the the kind of condition, and so but I did was able to not only bounce back but also bounce forward. You know from there it it was leaps. I went from doing the average of ninety minutes to four four and a half hours, which. Yeah. Is, quantum leap. That's not like an incremental 10%. That is a life-changing and a life-saving uh, benefit. And so that, that was, that was, that was extraordinary. I mean, yeah. moving that physical obstruction was absolutely key. You know, even when I was using a CPAP or a dental device, you know, this, this was something that was a real needle mover. And so from, from there. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. I mean, I was in the recovery room with you and I was in the, I was in the pre, the pre-op and the post-op with you. And, um, you know, it was, it was great for me as a doc to be able to, you know, walk somebody through the whole process and now see, seeing the results with you and, and look, to be fair, you're not perfect, right? You've still got, you know, some ongoing sleep related stuff that we work on that we talk about, um, that, that, you know, everybody's kind of got a little bit of that now. I mean, we're talking a lot about stress and we're talking a lot about what's going on in the world. Um, you actually moved outside of the insanity of, uh, <laughs> of the city and now you're in a much more serene environment and you've got a lot more space to you. How is that affecting your sleep? Is that helpful? It was. I mean, living between Los, Los Angeles and New York City, they're pretty hot zones. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of noise. And uh, a big part of sleep, I realized for me, is just the feeling of safety. Mm. And, you know, through the challenges that I've that I've had, you feel like you're under threat. You're in the sympathetic kind of mode, and you know, your your amygdala is always hijacked. Especially when it's when you're looking at the news and you're looking at everything that's fearful, that's threatening, that's dark. And uh, I realized that you know there's an algorithm to our mind, much like there's an algorithm to social media, that if you just whatever you engage with, you tend to see more of. So if you're just going through Instagram and engaging with all the cat posts and you're watching the cat, <laughs> liking, sharing the cats, you're commenting on the cats, the algorithm is going to show you more cats. Well, you know, I find that a lot of our clients in our community, they're, they're glued to the television set or what's really negative and threatening and dark because, you know, your amygdala gets hijacked, the focus yeah. survival, survival, but then you start just, that's your newsfeed for your mind. You just start seeing more of that. The challenge is we're not putting attention towards things that like opportunity or things that you could, uh, you know, be grateful for in your life. And, um, you know, I find that gratitude is a wonderful way to rewire our brains for more positivity and performance and, and peace of mind. Anyway, getting into an environment where without that, ex that, that extra noise, um, you know, sirens going off all the time, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, horns blaring, um, definitely calms down my nervous system. And so that's, you know, building a, san a sleep sanctuary is, is, is uh, definitely more nurturing. Yeah, I bet. I heard you got a new bed. I did. <laughs> I, uh, you, I, on your recommendation, uh, you, you gave me a number of choice, great choices. Uh, we chose an avocado mattress, which is you know great for me because I'm very, part of when I talk about brain health and brain training is having a clean environment. And part of it right. is your bed, which I find is a great morning ritual for your brain because how you do anything is how you do everything. Cre you know, training your brain to do something excellent first thing in the morning and also coming back full circle to, to a well-made bed um, just feels wonderful. Come back to success. But right. also, um, clean environment is also free from toxins. And so we, we know that some of the, you know, having recently got, got a new place that carpets and furniture have some kind of off-gassing and those chemicals right. lead to respiratory issues, cognitive challenges. And so 
the avocado is really great because it, um, it's organic, it's uh, carbon negative, so it's not even neutral. It's actually better than that. And it does, it's, it's completely, you know, more, it's natural alternative without yeah. all the, the challenges. So, yeah, I like it. You know, I think it's, I think it's a great product. And when you called me up and you were looking for something that was organic and, and, uh, I didn't even know that they were carbon negative. That's kind of a cool concept, you know, of doing something like that. Well, you know, honestly, I mean, I, I think that you've really started to position yourself and surrounding yourself with this environment that's so much more conducive. Um, for sleep. What are some of the things that you're doing now to help reduce your stress level? Because I know that, you know, you've removed yourself kind of from the situation, but let's be fair. We're all dealing with stress. I know I'm exercising more than I ever have. I'm meditating more. I'm actually using more of my stress reduction techniques. So what are some of the tricks that you're using to help lower your stress? Yeah. Well, first of all, you're, you're looking fantastic. Um, Why, thank you. Because I do believe, even with everything that's going on, that we are physically distancing ourselves. But um, you know, we're cocooning, and uh, some people feel alone with their thoughts. They're they maybe feeling alone and with their fears. Um, but you know, this could be time where, while the beauty is in the butterfly, the growth happens in the cocoon. So, how do we come out of this stronger, wiser, healthier? Mm, I love that idea. So, um, so the things that I'm doing I, in my book, Limitless, I have a quote from a French philosopher who says, "Life is a C between B and D." Life is a C. Life is a C between B and D. I love that. Birth, D is death. C stands for choice. That I believe these difficult times can define us or these difficult times can diminish us or these difficult times can develop us. We decide with our choices. And so I've made certain sort choices um, to, to help add more peace into my life. Um, and so some of them include a change of environment. Part of, part of it includes getting a, a mattress that's supportive and comfortable for me that I, that I feel good in. Um, but also part of the choices is going bed at a certain time. You talk about this a lot, having a, 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 an evening ritual also as well, where even something simple like, a, like an Epsom salt bath, Doing that for me helps me to calm my nervous system. Uh, the magnesium is wonderful for that also as well. When I when I go to bed, I have also, besides your recommendations of temperature and mm -hmm. uh, you know having it dark and not looking at my my blue light, <laughs> right? right. It's like yours that, um, that that you recommend to you know yeah exactly that keeps you from um, thinking that it's still daylight and right. Know, not releasing the, the melatonin help you to be able to relax and, and phase into that sleep. Um, I also do uh, an evening ritual. I won't read anything. Tell us. Um, I used to be a big, you know, like like reading kind of business book, but I don't want to get into my executive brain. I, I want to be more entertained, so I'll read something more light, maybe fiction reading. Um, I won't want, look at devices or um, at, at all. I'll also go through a process while I'll review my day. You know, in terms of a lot of people don't remember their episodic. Uh, memory meaning like what happened throughout the day they don't remember what they had for breakfast they don't remember the things and it escapes and also with everything that's going on with the with the pandemic days start to blend together and part of the reason right. why they, they blend together is because we don't have these outstanding um events that you know we're used to going out or going to a play or going to yeah. a movie we don't have these little landmarks that that make it more distinctive so our days tend to blend together and if people forget certain things that happen during the day, what I recommend is at nighttime, just reviewing your day, taking three mm -hmm. minutes and just walking through what you did that day. And that's building, I believe there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's a trained memory and untrained memory. And taking three minutes to train your brain to review what happened throughout the day will build that ability. So then you're more likely to remember conversations or something that mm -hmm. you, some someone that you met. I mean, I believe 
I forgot are some of the costly, two most costly words in our life. I forgot to do it. I forgot to bring it. I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot that meeting. I forgot, you know, that person's name. Um, so right. Exercise. I also, after I go through my day, after just taking a few minutes, I'll just pick a handful of things that just I feel gratitude for that day. Perfect. It don't have to be huge things, but but small little things that I could feel gratitude to get me into that kind of rest and, and digest kind of place um, where I could just feel. I think gratitude is the is the mother of all you know positive emotions. Um, when you feel that, you could um, you could go you could go anywhere really. I also do this thing before I go to bed um, where. I have you ever had to wake up? This is interesting. You know, I haven't talked about this, but hmm. the alarm and you have to get up at like four thirty and yes. some godly early hour, and you wake up within a minute of like time. That's the power of the human mind to be yep. able to do that. And what if instead, or in addition to that, we actually you know planted a suggestion or a question and use that same power of your mind to be able to work on things because when you when you learn all day as a student or you work all day as an entrepreneur, whatever, your brain doesn't shut up at night, right? And in ways that it can be more active. And what is it doing? Consolidating short to long-term memory. So, and you know, when, when our, my clients have long-term memory issues, you know, first thing I talk about is, is sleep. You know, I refer people to your work, you know, and to your books, to your, your podcast. Um, you know, it's where you clean out plaque that leads to, you know, uh, those tangles. Um, beta amyloid plaque that could lead to brain aging challenges. I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's. We donated 100% of the proceeds to Alzheimer's research and, uh, and edu educational initiatives, building schools everywhere from Gua Gua um, Ghana to Guatemala. Um, but also, you're dreaming also. And so I don't know what we spend maybe 20 years of our life sleeping, um, maybe three or five years, you know, dreaming. And people don't realize, but actually, you know, it's documented that. Uh, Mary Shelley came up with Frankenstein in her dream. Yeah, right? cool, right? McCartney came up with the song yesterday in his dream. A chemist curated the framework of the periodic table in the dream. And, you know, uh, Jack Nicholas was shooting high 70s. He was in a slump and he had a dream. He changed his grip. And then the next day he shot like 65, you know, which was amazing. So, you know, so I also suggest if something I'm working on, I'll ask myself a question before I go to bed. Not something where I obsess about, I'll release it. But I'll kind of like the same thing where I want to wake up at a certain time use that kind of affirmation to be able to do that. And then first thing in the morning, I'll actually, uh, I'll actually do a process of remembering my dreams because a lot of people will come up with treasures in those yeah. dreams, but they don't have a process for retaining those things. But those are some kind of my, my, my evening rituals. And I love it. I'm doing and, and not doing. And notice I'm not on the phone. I'm not on the phone right. for the morning or, or late at night. But, um, but I, I, these, this is what works for me. Yeah, well, so thank you for giving us that insight. I mean, I, now I've learned something new about you, which I didn't think was possible. So that's kind of cool too. Um, so first of all, it doesn't sound like you have any limits any longer, which leads me to this amazing book that has just come out, Limitless. Tell everybody where they can learn more about Limitless, where they can learn more about you and what and all of this amazing information. And by the way, this book is freaking solid. Like, let me just be clear, okay? I've read it. I love it. It's got a tremendous amount of really important good stuff for you. This is the this is the book that will allow you to become limitless. It's a success bible. Tell us about it, Jim. Thank you so much. I mean, I think more people spend energy upgrading their apps or their phone or their their <laughs> do upgrade the most important thing which controls everything, which is the which is the human brain. So I wrote this as an owner's manual for your brain. 
because I believe that if knowledge is power, learning is our superpower. Yet we're not taught how to learn. I think if you're going to master one ability, the most important one in the 21st century is our ability to learn faster. Because if you can learn faster, you can apply it towards money, marketing, management, Mandarin, martial arts, music, everything in your life gets easier. So if you want to catch up, keep up, get ahead, have better focus, read faster, improve your memory, um, what's the best brain diet, how to, do, how to be able to lower your stress, because chronic stress actually shrinks your brain. When you're in fight or flight, it's not the best place to study, to give a presentation, to be able to be present on Zoom for your work. Um, so there it's very tactical, how to focus and manage your mind in, in the turbulent times, how to be able to support your children if they're in and out of school, how to be able to learn a new subject or skill rapidly if you've just been disrupted in your job. And so we, this is the book after three decades of teaching this. It's my first book. I know you have many. <laughs> Looking, you know, and so people go to limitlessbook.com. We have a 10-day speed reading memory course as a gift, uh, kind of a primer, because I want this to be the most read book on your shelf. Um, meaning a lot of people buy books and they sit on your shelf and they become shelf help, not self-help. So I actually want you to read this book. So I give you the tools on how to do that. And we have a this four-week book club that we also give to you as, as else as well, limitlessbook.com. And I would challenge everyone here um, to listen to my podcast. It's at quickbrain.com, kwikbrain.com. Every episode is only 20 minutes long. And um, social media. And I would challenge everyone to actually take a screenshot of this. Yeah. And- Dr. Bruce, tag myself at Jim Quick and post one thing that you do to optimize your memory or your sleep. And because I find that when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. So share your best brain or sleep tip uh, to your fans, to your followers, to your family, to your friends. And when you teach it, you get to learn it twice and tag both of us in there so we get to see it. And I'll actually repost some of my favorites and I'll send a copy of this book to one person just as a thank you for playing along with that. And so that's my challenge to everybody in, uh, that's listening. I love that. That is What a great challenge. I've never heard of that. It's like share a tip Tuesday or something. I think this is fantastic. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm thrilled that you were on the show, Jim. I cannot thank you enough. You are the memory master. You are my personal friend. You're my brother. We talk all the time. I'm excited to have had everybody out there learn more about you and your sleep. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. What a fascinating interview. You know, Jim is really a pretty remarkable guy. I've had the great pleasure of working with him as a friend and um, as a client for quite a while and um, talk about a whole host of sleep issues. And for a guy who's got an incredible memory, it's it's pretty remarkable. Um, he did go through quite a quite an adventure with his apnea um, and we got him from 90 minutes to literally four and a half hours of sleep. And and moving forward, there's definitely been some struggles there for him. Um, he definitely has, you know, and talked about um, anxiety and, and how that affects his ability to to sleep and sleep well. But, you know, one of the things that I thought was so fascinating was he, him talking, really kind of letting us into his bedroom and and really getting through his evening routine and sort of his positivity was just so fantastic. And I I talk to him about it all the time, but I think it's something that we really have to highlight is, you know, when he's falling asleep, he's, he's always being positive, always thinking about positive things. And I really liked his idea of kind of going through stuff, um, through your day and teaching yourself to remember, 
Uh, I mean, it's a great tool, right? Like while you're lying in bed, instead of freaking out about not falling asleep, teach yourself how to remember things and then be, put yourself into a positive mindset and then allow yourself to sleep. I, I just, I found it to be fascinating. In, and again, I've been working with this guy for a while and he's never told me that. So that's that's an insight that we all got together. So that was a lot of fun. So uh, again, amazing, amazing interview with Jim Quick. Hey everyone, this is the part of the show where I take questions from people from all over the place and uh, really interested to hear what you guys want to know about sleep and something that we can all learn from. So today we've got Jane from the Hamptons and she asks, what are blue blockers and why on earth would I need them? <laughs> so Jane, blue blockers are not that 80s song that came out a while back. Blue blockers are actually uh, lenses that will block out blue light. What is blue light? Blue light, if you look at the spectrum of light, is around 460 to 480 nanometers of light. Why on earth do we care about blue light? It's fascinating. When blue light hits our eyeballs, it turns off the melatonin faucet in our brain. So if we have light exposure close to bedtime, our brain is unfortunately not uh, you know, using melatonin to help us fall asleep. So the less blue light exposure, the better. And that's why blue light blocking glasses, which is what blue blockers are now called, um, can be very, very good. Now, the problem for many people, though, with blue light blocking glasses is there's so many of them, they don't know what to do. I've actually written an entire blog on what to look for in blue light blocking glasses over on thesleepdoctor.com. You may want to check it out. Next is Jack from Houston, and he asks, is it okay to sleep with pets in your bed? <laughs> okay, so everybody out there knows that I sleep with pets in my bed. Uh, in my household, there's a French bulldog and a cat that sleep in our bed between my wife and I. So is it okay? Well, <laughs> by default, I'd have to say yes, but let's take a look at it for just a second. It turns out that people who sleep with pets in the bed actually have a tendency to sleep better. And more importantly, if you remove those pets from people who are used to sleeping with pets, they're sleep is significantly worse. So the good news here is pets do seem to be helpful for pet owners who like pets in their bed. Now let's be clear, there are some pets in the bed that might not be such a great idea. So I happen to have a French bulldog and he can snore like a freight train. The good news is, is I point his snoring in a different direction and it's all good, doesn't seem to bother me. But for some people that could be an issue. But what if you had a Great Dane? Where would that dog sleep? Clearly that's probably not the best idea. So Choose wisely and make sure that your pet does not disrupt your sleep. And finally, our question was from Mary from Oklahoma, and she asks, Dr. Bruce, do I really need eight hours of sleep? <laughs> Mary, that's the biggest myth out there. To be clear, the average sleep cycle is roughly 90 minutes long. The average person has five of those. So five times 90 is 450 minutes, which divided by 60 is seven and a half hours. So even an average person doesn't get eight hours of sleep. I mean, the math doesn't even work. Here's what I can tell you is everybody's sleep need turns out to be very personal. Me personally, I go to bed around midnight and I wake up somewhere between 6.03 and 6.13 every single morning because that's just what my body needs. And guess what? I'm the sleep doctor and I'm only getting about six hours and 15 minutes of sleep. So if I can do it, you can probably do it too. The key factor here is having consistency in your wake up time and feeling refreshed in the morning. Most people can feel pretty refreshed after six and a half to seven hours of sleep. Thanks so much for listening to the show. 
If you know anyone you think might have a fascinating sleep story and make for a tremendous guest, please send me an email at drbruce at thesleepdoctor.com. That's D-R-B-R-E-U-S at thesleepdoctor.com. If you want more information, feel free to visit my website, thesleepdoctor.com. I hope you learned something new to help you live better. Until next time, sweet dreams.